Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoy Lean. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way, bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. have officially been cut we have our champions for this season in the umac thrilled to break it all down for you thanks so much for tuning in for yet another edition of unlike any other the umac you know what it is ryan with wyatt thanks so much for joining us wyatt how you doing not too far removed just a little over 24 hours since we wrapped up the UMAC season. It's kind of emotional. If I'm going to be honest, I mean, wow. I, I knew you would be emotional. For me, it's not as emotional. But uh, I'm actually, I mean, I'm still trying to catch up a little bit. It was a very busy weekend with a lot of traveling. Not a whole lot of sleep. You know why that whole story we don't have to get into. But uh, I'm trying to catch my breath a little bit still, I feel like, from everything that Ditto. happened. So, Ditto, yes. uh, a lot to get into, though, and break down. We'll try to do our best to stay on track and actually just talk about what mattered. Because I'm sure, Ryan, if we wanted to, we could probably spend four hours on this and literally dissect everything. So, we're going to have to be very diligent tonight about just breaking down the big key points. But all things considered, we made it. Champs are here, they're crowned. On to the next, though. It's not over now. We got NCAA tournament games, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's just let's dive into it, I guess. Let's break it down. I love that little shot at COVID. We made it. I, I really didn't think about it that that's, way, honestly, yeah, that's, for a that's while. What it so was. <laughs> I, you know, that's it's great to say that we'll take all the small victories, and that is no small victory even. I mean, that's that's serious. With, with all the shenanigans going on, and we're not going to get political, but with what's happening in our world, folks, count your blessings because... Soon, I don't know. We're not gonna predict the end. We're gonna uh, continue to move forward, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just stop there. You give me cut the look. Cut her you off give me there, the look. But... You give me the look. Maybe we'll hey, circle no, back to I, that I later. I hear but... what you say, though. First world, first world problems is what we tend to complain about, and things yep. along the lines of that. But like you said, we made it. There's a lot of other crap going on right now. We're just happy to be where we're at here, and to be able to do what we're doing tonight and talking about this. So, here we go. Alrighty, I'm gonna follow your lead, Wyatt. We're going to start on the woman's side. A final, if we're going to be honest, that next to no one predicted. The number three hosting the number four. There were two great matchups in the regular season. We saw Friday night, two clubs unable to complete the punch out and win in all three matchups in the season. North Central was trying to do that to claim their first ever UMAC tournament title. Morris trying to continue that trend of third times the charm to complete that unbelievable run. And uh, I don't know why did this game go as you expected. Obviously, you and I were in the Erickson Center. We didn't get to see it, unfortunately. But this was uh, this was interesting. And I'll just I'll leave it there for you. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm not going to have as much to say on this one as the Northwestern game because as we have talked about on this pod before, we need more standalone games. These games were taking place at the same time, and we were on the call for the Northwestern Crown game. So obviously we didn't watch it. And with traveling back and forth, I haven't had a chance to look back at the film yet and really dissect this one. But no, I did not expect this. I mean, if you're telling me, if you actually want me to say I expected there to be a combined 10 (laughs) points in the second quarter, I did not expect that. It's a little bit of a uh, tough offensive showing for parts of this game. Give some credit to the defense probably as well. I mean, again, I'd have to watch to know for sure. But just looking at the box score, a couple of the things that stand out. I mean, you know where I'm going to go right away. Three-pointers for Morris. I mean, that's what we've talked about all year. Coach Groven mentioned it. Didn't look like they were shy on uh, Sunday, but uh, did not make enough to get the job done. And I think 7 for 28, obviously, isn't going to win you many games. So they'd love to have that one back, I'm sure, because they only lost by five, Ryan. You could find two threes there, I'm sure, where they were pretty good looks, and they'd like to have those back and knock them down. So I think that's where you look at right away for Morris is they let it slip away because they couldn't knock down the outside shot. But at the same time, you got to give credit to North Central playing in their home gym in front of the home crowd, 17 for 18 at the free throw line. They sealed this game down the stretch, knocking down free throws. That's incredible. That's how you win late in the season, late February, early March. That's got to be something that you're good at. And North Central, all the power to them. They knock down the shots they needed to knock down. They get the win on their home court, and they get the job done. Yeah, well, I yes, I agree with you. They they technically did make the shots they had to make, and I think the free throws are they the first enough. thing you should point out. But, Wyatt, as they say in the previews for the 30 for 30 documentaries on ESPN. What if I told you? What if I told you? A school with the hashtag of downtown you that is not <laughs> shy at all about hey. shooting the three and doing it proficiently like they did last season. Hey. were to host a UMAC tournament title for the second consecutive season and were to win their first ever UMAC tournament title by going three for 21 from deep and coughing up the basketball 24 times. And as they say at the end of those ESPN commercials, Wyatt, why we love sports. <laughs> because I thought you were going that you say critically acclaimed 30 for 30, 30 filmmakers, 30 years, 30 stories. Uh, no, hey, I, I get it. 3 for 21 is pretty remarkable, and you turn the ball over 24 times, and you somehow win on your home Find court. a way. Find a way. I don't know. That's all you got to do. And I'll tell you this. When they go to their first-round matchup in the NCAA tournament, I guarantee you they're going to be letting it fly again, and hopefully they're connecting on a few more if they want to have any chance. But... They did enough. That's that's all you got to do. They don't ask how. It doesn't have to be pretty at this time of the year. You just have to survive in advance, and that's what they did. But how about a shout-out to Naomi Hagstrom? Of all the people we've talked about, she's kind of taken a back seat almost a little bit to, to Giorgio and some of these playmakers for the Rams. She's the one that delivered 25 points. I mean, that's almost half the points North Central had the entire game. That's a performance she'll remember the rest of her life. That's That's incredible for her to step up in that moment. Yeah, and being able to score almost 20 points of that wide outside of the triple. Because we know she loves to stroke it, and Conte can find her in transition, but specifically doing it in the paint. And then at the foul line, as you mentioned, that's where they win the game. They won the game in the hard areas and got just enough to win. 
Coach Grove let us know he loved, loved, loved the effort from his squad this whole past week, but specifically yesterday. And he said the difference was, and sometimes why you have one of those days where you're a coach on the sideline and your players are executing for the most part and doing everything you ask coming in. They're executing the game plan. But at the end of the day, as the cliche goes in the game of basketball, Sometimes it's just a make-or-miss league or a make-or-miss game, as they say. And that's hey, kind of a- what it turned out to be. And so that's that's tough for Coach Grove's club. But, hey, nothing to be ashamed of. That was quite the week for the Cougars. It's a, a little early in the pod to be already dropping cliches, isn't it, Ryan? I mean, we got a ways to go here. but Okay. All right. I'll wait for the next one. <laughs> no. no. I, I, what I'll say is this. Yes, what an incredible week for Morris. They'll look back on this season, and similarly, when we talk about the men's game in the championship, Morris overachieved this year by simply beating Bethany in the semis even and getting to this point. They weren't even supposed to be in this position. Shout out to Coach Grove, again, like you said, filling us in on some of the stuff that happened, letting us know what's going on all year. He he was fantastic. This team was fun to follow. We were hoping but nothing but the best for him. And they just didn't make the shots, you know, 16 for 63 from the field, just not going to win you a lot of games. So it's one of those deals, like he said, sometimes you just miss shots. It has nothing to do with your execution or how you play the game. They just don't fall. And that seems to be the case for Morris on Saturday. So tough way to end the year for them, but a lot of good things to look back on if you're Coach Grove and build off of moving forward. Also a shout out to Lexus Eagle chasing. Uh, 16 points for her in this game. Seemed like she was doing what she could for them. Is she gone now is the question after this year. Was that it for her, and does she wrap up her career? I don't remember looking at the roster knowing for sure, but the reason I say that is because she got first-team all-conference. She had a great year this year, helped lead the way for Morris because the UMAC did release their uh, women's uh, all-conference selections earlier today. And it's one of those careers where it's like, if it is coming to an end, what a career it was. I mean, the only thing basically that's missing from it is a championship. Outside of that, she accomplished so much. Well, yeah, and I I was giving you the hang on a second signal because I thought in this recap on senior day it would have said, but... It doesn't say actually uh, whether or not. Well, okay then. So I, I think. Maybe I, she's back. I think she's done. But like you said, yeah, it is so hard at this point to try to prognosticate when people are actually done with the extra year. So I, I don't know. I mean, if it is a career for her, like you said, Wyatt, huge piece of the program. Obviously, uh, she'll be remembered for a long time for being, you know, a complete player. Both ends of the floor doing a lot for her club. So, I mean. We talked about it coming into the game, Wyatt. At least I said it over and over again. They're going to have to create offense through their defense. 24 24 turnovers, excuse me, for the Rams will do. They were active defensively once again. They had more steals than North Central. We mentioned coming in, both of these clubs love to take away the basketball. For the first time ever, I don't know if you saw this as well, Wyatt, in the UMAC this season, there's a postseason award for Defensive Player of the Year. One player. I saw it. And it was Jay Quate with that wingspan and how quick she is defensively, staying in front of the opposition and making life real difficult on them. She did that throughout the season. And Eagle chasing specifically yesterday, six steals. And you were going, you know, through the box score as well with that. But yeah, just just came up short. Hotly contested matchup, obviously. But again, I don't think a lot of people 
expected that. I don't think Coach Bruner and Coach Grove expected the game to go that way. Walking no. into Clark Daniels said yesterday. But hey, sometimes in the biggest moments, Wyatt, a game can be played like that between two teams who have already played each other twice in the season, and it's just more of a grind the third time. Yeah, no, it's there's there's definitely some madness involved with it. I mean, we both would have expected this to be much higher scoring than it was with these two offenses and what they're capable of. Sometimes you get in that moment, though, and if you're not scoring early, it can be really tough to find a groove in that game, and that's kind of what happened here, and that second quarter kind of demonstrates that. But all the credit to the Rams. They did enough, as we mentioned, to get this win. It's a huge win for their program. I'm happy for Coach Bruner and their squad. They were a team we talked about from the beginning of the year. They looked like they could be the favorite in this conference, and they started to lose it a little bit once they hit UMAC play. But again, they did enough. They beat who they had to beat. You know, they yep. didn't have to run through Bethany per se, but their win at Northwestern in the semis, more than anything, is enough to deserve a championship, and they ended up getting it on Sunday. So congratulations to them. Uh, they deserve all the credit in the world, and it'll be interesting to see what they do in the NCAA tournament now because I look at this team, Ryan, and the bottom line is if they want to have success in postseason play, they're going to have to knock down the three. That's just the bottom line. You're, you're downtown you for a reason. You want to pull off an upset in the NCAA tournament, you have to have good outside shooting, it tends to seem like, in these games. So if they want to be able to do that, what when, when do they play their game? Is it Friday? It is Friday against Eau Claire, and I'm uh, trying to figure out here the exact time on this release on the Rams website. I'll have it here in one second. As they you say, will play. I'm, I'm there as well. Well, I'm of course it's it. not there. All right, well, then we'll go to the NC2A website, which was interesting Tip today. Tip-off to, to be announced is what it says. But regardless of okay. what the time is, they're playing on that day. Friday night probably at some point, yeah. And it's against the host school. You know it's going to be a tough game. You got to make the outside shots. So, yep. do you do you think there's any chance they can win this game? I mean, it has to be from the three. I, I mean, you you could argue it's going to have to be their best three point shooting performance of the season. But we talked about it going into the Eagles game, and then especially after they beat Northwestern, the C word capable. They got a higher ceiling that I don't think they've hit this season, and they got basically next to the same squad back from what they had last year, and it's crazy, Wyatt. You could argue, I mean, they were a lot better last season for stretches than they were this year, but like you said, when they needed it most, they got it done. That's what the great teams do. That's all that Coach Bruner cares about, obviously, but I totally agree with you, especially at the Division Three level. We see it on the men's and women's side. More times than not, if you're going to pull an upset, if you're going to do it on the road, and especially, like you said, in the gym of a school who's a regional host, and most of the times in this region, they're going to be a top 10 or top 15 team in the country. The three but, ball has got to be falling. But I was just going to point out, I don't think they are, though, because in their most recent poll, it looks like they were only receiving votes. Really? So they, yes. they dropped off them because you and I were talking before we started recording. Bethany and their gauntlet they beat them. of a yeah, non-conference schedule. When they beat them in one of the polls, they were five in the country at that time. Eau Claire was. So they dropped off. Well, and you would know more about this than me just based off the selection shows today. I didn't get a chance to watch them. But Wartburg is in this region, and they're ranked 18th. So is the Wartburg men's team hosting by any chance, and they're moving it 
to Eau Claire. Otherwise, why wouldn't Wartburg be hosting this region is kind of my question. I, th- as what I've the said NCAA so many does, times before, it just doesn't great, make sense. Yeah, you have great questions, as I've said so many times before, and I will get and you, you an and, answer here in a second. And you're, you're going to try to give me an answer, okay. Here's the deal. I um, saw some of the selection show. I was busy with some work things today. I saw when Northwestern was selected, and we'll get to that later, but I did not see all of it. I'm trying to figure out if Warburg, you were saying, is hosting on the men's side. Otherwise, why wouldn't they host? Like, why does Eau Claire get the opportunity to when Warburg is nationally ranked? I don't see Warburg in the men's one after a quick scroll unless I'm missing it. And there's They're so many factors. There, probably. Yeah, yeah, there's so many factors that we don't understand, but they got a really nice gym as far as I know. So I, sure. I don't know. I don't know. Well, with that being the case, it may be, we know that, Eau Claire was good early in the year. We don't know necessarily what they have now, if they're even healthy for by all means. I mean, it's just hard to tell in this day and age. All things considered, we know it's going to be a tough game, but it's certainly not impossible. I mean, we've seen UMAC teams have success. I wish that either North Central or Northwestern was playing against a MIAC team in postseason play because naturally we have that success against them. But uh, I guess the committee and the selection crew uh, made the wise decision not to do that and punish the poor Mayak, but... If you want to put it that way, wise for that reason, sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess wise isn't the right word, but uh, they, they were very particular with how they set that up. But Sure. And, and here, just one last thing, Wyatt. So many times to try to pull an upset, teams will sometimes get out of body for what they've done all year long. Even though they haven't been falling at the clip they wanted them to, they're under 30% going into the UMAC tournament. It's not going to be like North Central is going to be like, wow, I don't know how that game's going to feel when we put up 25, 27, 28 triples Friday night on the road in the NCAA tournament. They're used to it. So it's not going to be something like we got to drop something totally different and yep. get ourselves to do something that we haven't done all year long. When I'm always uh, filling out my bracket for the Division One tournament, you're always looking at those sleepers, the teams that shoot lots of threes, pressure try to get steals turnovers and just create chaos they may get absolutely ran off the floor but they also might just find themselves in a game too well and that's exactly what you have to do in some of these spots Wyatt if you get beat by 15 plus who cares you use the recipe that gives you a chance to win and if it gets ugly late fine when you're an underdog of a certain magnitude you got to do something like that well, and like you said, it's got to be the teams, too, though, that are used to it at the same time. It's yep. it's not the teams that uh, don't play that style that try to all of a sudden do that. It's like a pitcher in baseball. And I think back to Irvin Santana when they mm. played against the Yankees in the play-in game all those years ago. He was throwing the ball five miles per hour faster than he did in the regular season, and all of a sudden he was getting shelled, and he just wasn't doing what he was used to doing because he the, felt like he yeah. had to be different. The adrenaline never wore off because I remember that game yes. earlier, like first inning you get it, but it never went away And what? He only got through two innings max. I mean, that game was a disaster. It wasn't good. But anyways, <laughs> not to bring up the Minnesota Twins for too long, my point being you have to stick, like you said, to what you're good at and what you're used to. But North Central's used to it, so I think they have a good recipe to potentially do it. Now, actually getting it done is a whole other story, especially when you've never played in that kind of a game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We're pulling, so, we're pulling for them. At least make things interesting. No Represent the UMAC well, and uh, we'll be cheering on North Central Friday night. So that was the women's side. And remember, I said we were going to have a lot more to talk about on the men's side because uh, we were actually in the gym We'll try to keep it as brief as possible, but there's well, a lot to unpack we, we'll, here, Ryan. Yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, go, hey, you, you know go what? first. You know what? You always tell me, Wyatt. Guess what? 
I can say it this time, and it's a fact. You okay, were in the gym well, on Sunday afternoon. I okay. want to hear from your eyes what you saw. So I was going to say, what do, you, what do you want, though? Just like a quick, very quick sum up the game. Are you talking about, like, what's your specific question here? I mean, whatever's on your heart. If you want something more specifically for me to ask, my first question for you, Wyatt. Coming in, you obviously had expectations. How did it play out? in the first phase of the game, and maybe if you want to even go as far as the first half, from what you expected to what transpired in front of that packed sellout plus crowd standing room and then some yesterday in the Erickson Center. That was the only thing that lived up to the hype was the crowd. It was packed. There were people around the track. There was not an empty seat. That lived up to it. Everything up to the tip-off in the beginning of the game lived up to it. But even when this game was close, it didn't feel like it was living up to it for some reason. And what I mean by that, and I told you this off the air, I think I even said it maybe once on the broadcast. Northwestern looked like a team that had been in that position before, knew how to play with that crowd, how to feed off of it and play their game. And Crown looked like at times, not the entire game, but at times, that they had a deer-in-the-headlights look. They weren't sure what to do offensively. They were uncertain. And once that game got going and Northwestern got up a little bit, it looked like Crown didn't think they were coming back. They never settled in offensively. And and I don't know if that's lack of experience in that moment, because, I mean, outside of one guy for Crown who was on Northwestern last year and played in that game, nobody had been in that spot before. You know what I mean? And Northwestern, look at all the different guys in the starting lineup that had been in that moment before. I mean, that has to play into this somewhat, and I think it did on Sunday. I totally agree with you, Wyatt, and it's nothing, you know, we'll get into the big picture stuff a little bit later. The reason I bring that up is it's not it's nothing against them in the sense of it's not super surprising because you cannot simulate that kind of pressure and that spot. It's way different than what they did. I know it was the same building three weeks ago, but it's just so much different, and you said it on the broadcast so well. When the lights are the brightest, we just always see Northwestern. In that spot, wide. I'd have to go back and look. I can't remember the last time, if there is a time. I don't know if there was a time in when your brother was playing there or before he was playing there where the Eagles have gotten to a final and lost on their home floor in the Erickson Center. I'd have yeah, to look back. Only time is in the semis against Scholastico exactly. where that They've was a tripped shock. tripped up in the so, semis sometimes and then on the and, road in a final. But Well, and that's why I played into that whole belief that Bethany maybe had the best chance to beat them in the semifinals because you can maybe catch a team sleeping in the semifinals. You're never going to catch a team sleeping in a championship game. Yeah. And, yeah, no, in my brother's time, they won all four years, so they never lost in the yep. championship or even necessarily didn't deliver. I mean, they always delivered in those spots, and it just always seems like well, they do, and that's and, and credit, something to be said about coaching, about yeah. the players, I mean, the program, the culture. I mean, they expect to be in that moment and to come through when the time comes. Well, and credit to your brother. You know, give a shout-out to Porter. He was the guy who came up to us before the game, and he said we were going to win by whatever it was, 14 or 16. And you and I both were like, no, I think yeah. this is going to be closer. He also came up to us after the game, and he was trying. I I don't know what he was trying to signal. I think he was I think saying it, he was like four or six points off. I don't remember the exact score uh, he said, but he was close. We're just trying to do our job, and you know we got this guy all over us. Hey, I will say this: there were lots of uh, stars out in the bu- building oh, yesterday. Yes. T- T- Tim Wendell, 
in attendance yep. for Crown. I arguably the greatest, arguably the greatest UMAC basketball player of all time. You there will be a debate about that, but he's in the conversation. Yes, we could have that debate sometime here. Oh, I guess, about the, the only guy, the only guy I didn't see, and I can't guarantee he wasn't there, but I bet I would have heard about it if he was there. Is a certain recent professor who's been seen in the Erickson Center before. Who's yeah? Well, you know what? Game. He's he doesn't he's not affiliated with this though. So even if he was there, <laughs> not not as important. But like you said, other guys there. Anderson Bazile Jr. for Northwestern came back. I mean, there were players from both these teams back watching yep. the game. We had former players emailing into us during the broadcast. And so it was a big moment. It was a special time for both these teams. And as we've seen so many times in the past, Northwestern comes through. Okay, I, I've mentioned all this. But now, how did they do it, Ryan? That's yep. where we need to dive into this. So I want to mention, if you did not see the game, folks, you haven't read the recap and whatnot, just go through it a little bit. We're not going to go totally box score and play-by-play hunting. But a huge story in the opening half, foul trouble for Northwestern, okay? Henry Fonboulet, if I... Get up my tab here with the uh, box score. Give me one moment. In Come that, on, Ryan. You got to be prepared. In that opening half, he only played seven minutes. Kyle only played nine, nine minutes. Right? No. They each had two fouls. Why? There was a stretch for Northwestern where they got to 34 points at eight to go. They didn't get to 37 until three to go. They scored three points in the stretch of five minutes with those two on the bench. And you said it a number of times on the call even. They got to find a way to not force, to get a better look, being crown. And Northwestern was missing some open three-point looks early in the shot clock. The game was hanging in the balance. Crown cut it to six at 37-31 with just under three to go. And you were all over it. Do you remember what happened next? It was out of bounds, near the corner, fresh 20, Wally lobs it to Alm. You said, all they're going to do is get him a ball screen and let him go to work. Sure enough, Owen comes by. Noah takes one dribble and three seconds out of the timeout, bam. The Eagles are back up nine. And honestly, from there on out, they never let Crown back into the game. It was closing that opening half where the door was open. We both said it. As soon as Kyle and Henry went to the bench, you said, if they don't make a push right now, it's not going to be good. They have got to make a move right now, and they had a chance, and they didn't take advantage in that moment. Alm was spectacular all day yes. yesterday. It wasn't even just late shot clock situations, like you said, or on an inbounds pass. He was scoring every single way you could. He got yep. to the rim a couple times. Transition is to... fantastic. Yep, and uh, outside of one heat check where he shot one very quick in transition, and I think he like hit it off the back. He's got the green light. <laughs> other than that, he was fantastic the entire day. Deservingly so, gets the conference tournament well, MVP. Well, and led the team in boards and assists and that's too, just with it. ten boards and four assists. He wasn't he, just a scorer. He does so much scoring that that gets overlooked, but the rebounding is what stands out to me more than anything because Northwestern. They're, they're all right as far as size goes. I mean, they're nothing spectacular, though. So for a guy like him to be able to get 10 rebounds, that's huge for Northwestern. He only left the floor for two minutes, Wyatt, the whole game. He was the constant yeah. all day long for Northwestern on the floor. Yep, nope, Northwestern, uh, they, they had Crown. They got easy looks offensively. Crown got difficult looks. Northwestern shot 65%. I don't remember what Crown ended up shooting. I'm pulling up the box score. Right now, I had it up. It was 26 for 70, 37%. No, yeah, 37%. 
Yeah. The Eagles, why it was scary. We were at 67% past the 10 minute mark in the second half. And, you know, they finished the game a little cool and they finished just a paltry, embarrassing 61% from the field. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. That's how nuts it was, though, is they were cold down the stretch and dropped to 61. No, they were. And it was lots of different guys. I mean, I remember specifically, can't remember if it was Waldeck or Alm, but somebody drove in. Kicked it to Micah Posternich. Only shot he made all game. Only shot he took. But he knocked down the corner three. And it's well, like, it didn't matter it. who it was. They all can knock it down when their name is called. We've seen it so many times this year. I mean, in that spot, specifically him, Micah, I mean, he does so many things that are underappreciated for this team. And he's just a microcosm wide of all these underclassmen who come off the bench. Yeah. It's saying something when we talk about being ready for the moment, not being phased. You talk about, okay, who was last year in that moment up in Duluth who actually played in the game for Northwestern. AJ's new into the program as a freshman. Micah's a sophomore, has had way more responsibilities this season. The same thing can be said for Hoyleen, and none of them looked like the moment was too big. I mean, Hoyleen, there's a conversation to be had, Wyatt. Noah Alm, rightfully so. You can't dispute it. He got the tournament MVP because what do we look at? Who took over on Championship Sunday for this year being the case? You could make a case for what Hoyleen did all three games off the bench. You could compare his numbers to Alm. And if you wanted to give it to Hoyleen, I know you're rolling your eyes at me. I was talking with someone after the game, and he's like, I would have given my vote for Hoyleen. Now, you're not shocked, and I'm not saying Noah doesn't deserve it. Don't get me wrong, folks. But if you want to compare the numbers for the whole tournament, Hoyleen's right there. He was that dynamite this past week for Northwestern. This is where we disagree a little bit. It's more than just the numbers, though, Ryan. Yeah, I, I'm not saying I would have even given it to Alm. I agree with, with what this specifically nothing, he did yesterday. Nothing against Hoyling. He's going to be but offended. Uh, if he listens to this, you, he's my brother's. He, he's my brother's <laughs> RA, so I better be careful, I guess, what I say, or Stir could get in trouble or something. But, uh, no, if you take away Alm from Northwestern, Versus taking away Hoyleen from but Northwestern, no, no, maybe I, you would argue. Maybe I, you would argue no, both I, ways. But I know I'm just trying to give him his due love. If you look he at does, the numbers, well, okay. Yes. Every single one of these guys deserves it. Like you said, though, nobody shot below fifty percent for Northwestern on Sunday. I mean, when was the last time you could say that? There was not a single player that shot below fifty percent. Absurd. I mean, Owen was right at fifty. I mean, he was towing the line and you know doing his normal thing of chipping in with. Some helpers and some defense, taking the ball away, bringing it up the floor, clearing the glass, hitting a couple key buckets. It was his last one in the second half where he made the jumper and, you know, Gross raised his hands in the air and then five seconds later, Fonboulet comes up with the big block. But, Wyatt, let's go back to crown once, okay, before before we finish on them. I think you said it so well yesterday. You were saying it earlier with Morris on the woman's side that you truly believe this season for Crown College was an overachievement explain that to people yeah it's not it's no disrespect to them saying they couldn't have won the championship but you got to put things into perspective with where this team was coming into this year Cade Carroll was really an unknown player coming into this year we didn't know what he was going to be like we didn't know what this team was going to be like they end up getting the two seed which is the first time ever in school history that they get to host a semifinal game which is pretty remarkable they make the conference championship they've got a great chance to have the player of the year in Cade Carroll and not only that, Ryan, but all these guys, as far as we're aware, good chunk of them get to come back next year and play again. So with where they're heading, they overachieved a little bit this year, I think, all things considered. To get to the championship, 
to not only beat Northwestern in the regular season, but to beat them as handily as they did is even more impressive after the result on Sunday. And just the way that Coach Herbert had these guys playing. They were the hottest team in the UMAC for a long period of time there in the regular season, and they were fun to watch. It wasn't their day yesterday, and there's a couple of reasons for that, I think, and we can go into that here if you want. But all things considered, these guys deserve a major shout-out for what they were able to do this year. They showed the conference they're the real deal, and nothing tells me otherwise, Ryan, that it's not going to be Northwestern and Crown again next year. I think yeah. it's going to be those two teams right back at the top again. I think Bethany's going to fall a little bit based on what we think or know that they're losing. Yep. And so it's these two teams well, again. And, and with Crown, because you bring up what's in store for next year, every single guy who got on the floor yesterday is back next season. All of them. No. And we're not going to talk again. I said the same thing in the last pod. I won't say this longer than 20 seconds. I'm happy their season continues in the NCCAA and they're on the D2 side and they honestly have a legit chance to make a run and potentially win a national championship. So we're going to be pulling for them. Excited to see from afar what they can do in that. I'd be remiss though, Wyatt, if we didn't mention what Kay did earlier this month where he dropped 36. He's a stud. He's a fantastic player. But the adjustments that Northwestern made with that experienced coaching staff and the different looks that they gave them, they proved why it is so tough to beat Northwestern, like you said, Wyatt, in a final, where they are going to be as prepared as possible. And we've seen it so many times where if you got the Eagles earlier in the season and you see them again, do not expect it, one, to be as easy, obviously, a crown knew that, but two, to see... Similar looks. They're going to switch things up, and they did a fantastic job trying to slow down Carroll as best as they could. In 19-7, and I mean, it's saying a lot about Cade. For how frustrated he was at points of that game, especially early, to hang in, get to the foul line, and still put up those numbers. But all things considered for Northwestern, Wyatt, if you told him before the game we're going to hold Cade under 20, he's only going to have one helper, and no other guy's really going to go off. I mean, that's, that's a job well done from Northwestern's defense. The semifinals, there were lots of different guys that helped chip in, get that victory. Those guys didn't really perform the way they would like to on yep. Sunday. Yep. And, I, I mean, there, there were just moments in that game, like you said, it looked like Cade was frustrated, and he still put up 19-7. and seven. I don't know. I think there were just times Crown looked uncertain of themselves offensively. Yep. That's honestly what it looked like. They And I, I don't know why that was the case. I don't know. You had mentioned a couple times the spacing was a lot better the last time these two teams the played. The driving but... lanes were way more open because you were all over it yesterday, Wyatt. Every time they got in the purple in the lane, they looked confident all the way up until they got in the lane, and then they're up against the trees in Northwestern, as I like to say, and then they say, now what do we do? Do we kick it yeah. out to a shooter? Do we force up a shot? Do we try to dump it off to the other post? Nothing was decisive for almost the whole afternoon once they got into the lane, not knowing what to do. No, that's exactly it. They'd pick up their dribble after they get there, they'd turn their back to the basket, and then they'd be looking to pass the ball instead of like either going to the rim to score. There were only a couple of times where there was a decisive decision, like you said, where somebody made up their mind and decided, I'm going to attack the rim here and either score or get fouled. So I, I don't know. That maybe goes back to being in that moment and not really having yep. that opportunity before, and they'll learn from this, and they will get better. But they, they were not on the same level yesterday, and they looked very uncertain. So 
they're they're gonna want that one back they're gonna let that fuel them though for next year and again shout out to these guys for what they were able to do i'm expecting big things from them next year it'll be fun to see what they do if everybody does come back like we're expecting to yep and uh yeah i mean just all in all it just I don't know. It's it's one of those things. They were very underwhelming yesterday with what they were able to do offensively, and a lot of it just goes back to they were uncertain. Yeah, much easier said than done. I mean, all these things that we're saying in knocks on them, I mean, just look at what's happened the last two decades. You're, you're in company with the rest of the conference, okay? So we say all this, but folks, look back. We're not knocking crowd and saying, wow, all these other teams have really been able to figure it out against Northwestern in late February. It's just Nobody kind of join does. the club, okay? And I know yeah. crown people don't love to hear that, but like you said, Wyatt, it's going to fuel them. And they're going to understand we got everyone coming back, and especially if they can go on a little run later this month. Well, we're not to March yet, but as John Rostin keeps counting down as we're recording now, we're going to be there real soon. Anyway, they hope to make a March run, and that could propel them into next season is all I was going to say from that standpoint. It spreads. <laughs> De- death death taxes in northwestern eagles basketball in late february well and maybe you know we'll, we'll get to it i don't know if now's well, the and, time but in march, march well uh, I, and uh, the only other things i would say about crown too is they shot terrible from three all things considered cade was two for four but northwestern was running him off the three-point line they weren't going to let him tear i'm surprised it up from he deep. didn't let a few more go like i said on well, the call. i thought he could have been a little more selfish from time to time i understand why he wasn't i'm just i thought he was going to get a few more shots up no but like even uh he was frustrated at times their second leading scorer who was the other guy we talked to earlier this year and jacob van dam he looked a little frustrated at times, like he couldn't get an open look. Northwestern was not going to let those guys specifically yep. take over or have a big game, so they were going to be on them. The guy that I thought could have had a bigger impact in this game was Michael Ladd. He picked up two fouls in the first half. Now, again, Henry and Kyle for Northwestern picked up two fouls as well, so it's not an excuse that he had two fouls. Crown cannot use that as an excuse. But with the way he was shooting early, he looked like he was comfortable and in a rhythm. He went to the bench, didn't get the opportunity, and then he comes back in the second half right away, and he was comfortable again and got going, but then he just he, he lost it the rest of the game. But I don't know. I wonder what this game may have been like if he had stayed on and been their floor leader for more than he was able to. And he still got 29 minutes, don't get me wrong, but he would have been out there just about the entire game if he wasn't in foul trouble. Yeah, I mean, just go into the locker room down 14 when you know Northwestern's going to have fresh bodies coming back onto the floor to start the second half. I mean, it's easy to say now retroactively why, but especially in that building, being the underdog you were, I know what happened three weeks ago, but that that's just too much to overcome. You can't be behind by that deficit after 20 at Northwestern and realistically expect to be able to come back. I will say that you and I were surprised we didn't see in the last 10 minutes some more pressure, trying to trap, maybe trying to foul. They, they never really showed a full press. And again, for some teams, Wyatt, that's just not their style because they know if we're going to do that, and especially against Northwestern with all their ball handlers, they could have just gone down the floor and gotten an easy deuce in five seconds for all we know. Okay, I'm not saying it would have worked, but you and I always talk about it when there's a big lead in a game. You and I are maybe earlier than other people when we say, we when's the be. press going to come? Because we've seen it before with Northwestern where we're saying, why don't they – put the press on and then they finally do it and we're like why didn't they do it four minutes ago i'm thinking of the bethany game back in 2018 oh, yeah. but anyway it's so easy to second guess everything i don't have much else to say on crown i agree with you great season hold your heads high and 
go make a run in March and uh, looking forward to seeing you all next season. And just thanks for all the support. Coaches, I mean, guys even outside of the team, players on the team, we love all the support and are, are looking forward to the future for them. Yeah, there's not a ton more to say. I mean, you mentioned being down 14 and a half, a big play right at the end of the half. Alm step, takes a step back three. They call a foul there. We didn't have the best look at it. I've talked with a ton of people on this. You talked to your some, guy, Bainey? I have, talked to ba- I have talked to Bainey about <laughs> it. He He's not happy. He yeah. didn't think he fouled him. Yep. I've had other people say they didn't think he fouled him, and then I've had people that said, yeah, it looked like a foul. So I don't know. I've had people go both ways on this. I feel like it probably wasn't based on what I saw. But again, I didn't have the best angle on it either. But that's a big call in that moment. Being down 11 compared to 14 and just the way you go into halftime, it makes a big difference. I mean, I don't want to talk about myself because I never use myself as an example (laughs) and like to talk about myself. But uh, back when my playing days, you know, there's a pretty good player right now at Wisconsin. He goes by the name of Brad Davison. Eh, He's okay. We're, we're in the section championship against the, those guys. We're only down one. He hits a three at the buzzer to go into halftime up four. It felt like a completely different game versus even just being down one. I thought you were going to say he embellished something and he fell back and you were called for a foul and a three. I thought that was going to be no, way better. No. Sorry. I'm just, I was using the point of yeah. f- 14, 11 points. Four to one, same kind of deal. If you get what I mean, yes. that extra little bit of addition for them changes the momentum, yep. and it puts you in a lot tougher of a spot when you're in an underdog role. Because we were in an underdog role in that game, just like Crown was yesterday. So that was a big call that swung a lot of momentum. And I don't know, that's another one that maybe just didn't go Crown's way. Again, I don't think it would have changed what would have happened. Northwestern was on a mission, and they shot like we said, just absurd from the field. But there were little moments Crown would like to have back in that game, certainly. Yep. Absolutely. Congrats on a great season to them. It was a fun yep. UMAC year. And now we're moving on to the big dance. It is a little emotional to close the book on the UMAC, but the hoops hoops isn't over yet. It's not Again, over. Again, I'm, I'm not emotional, Ryan. I don't know why you're so emotional on me. I mean, it comes <laughs> back next year. It's okay. It'll be back. I know, why, but we'll leave it that gym. This I is, think, you know what? This, I'm not going to see this club in this gym until November. That, that kind of sucks. This is the best time of the year now, though. We no, finally have the tournament. Why? I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it. You know it. But still, it, if it doesn't hurt a little bit, then you didn't really, really enjoy it, in my opinion. But we won't go there. <laughs> yeah, in in this, this the case deal. and scenario, I don't agree with that. You, you, were, you were just a rainer yesterday, okay? You were a called-for-hire assassin to come in and do your job and leave. Okay, I, I I was there all season long and got caught up in the whole thing, and now I got to wait till November. We'll just leave it there. I I don't disagree <laughs> with you, but again, that's that is part of the reason why I'm not as uh, upset about this is because it was my only game of the year, and yeah. for all I know, maybe that was the last one. We'll see. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, what what a ride it's been. Yes. We need to move on, though, to the team that advanced. Like you said, we're in the to tournament now. To represent the UMAC. Northwestern. Yes. This is what we had from the beginning of the year. They were the team to beat. Even when they lost that game, we said they've shown some vulnerability when they lost to Crown. They were still the team to beat. That never changed. And they showed why in the postseason. I mean, having Kyle Kamink back adds a completely different element to this team. You got to feel somewhat good about their chances going into the NCAA tournament. Just knowing the history, knowing that they have a couple guys on this team that have been in a gym in an NCAA tournament game 
Waldeck didn't really play a whole lot because that was his freshman year against St. John's, correct? It was, but do you know the other guy who was on that team? Well, Noah Alm was on the team, obviously. I do was you remember what he did him. against St. John's? Well, I remember what he did the next day when they lost. I thought that was more impressive, personally. But He hit four out of five, I'm pretty sure, off the bench from deep in the game against St. John's. He made some huge triples. Do you remember what he did against Oshkosh, though, in the game he, they lost? He, he was con- unconscious. He kept him within shouting distance in the second half. You're totally right. And that was... No, that was insane. Okay, to go back, that season, and it probably even started back in 18 Wyatt with Ryers Club in his senior year when they lost to Bethany, that phase forever changed how we've seen Northwestern basketball the last three, four years. That freewheeling offensive style, letting more shots go early in the shot clock, like you mentioned yesterday, some of them were like, eh. That stuff wouldn't fly back in the day under Coach Gross. And I'm not acting like it's a totally different program, but the style has changed over the last three, four years for Northwestern, in my you, opinion. You, bu- you build it around your players, too, though. And these yep, guys and that's what the have best more of that do. style. Yep, so. yep. No, and there's no right or wrong answer because here's the deal. You can win games and win a championship with any kind of style. I don't buy into this. It's one style, and I use my Georgia Bulldogs in football for that. Everybody said it was all offense. That's how you had to do it, and they showed you can do it with defense. (laughs) So there is a way to do it with any kind of style that best fits your players. You just have to utilize it to its full capability, and that's what Northwestern seems to do every single year. They just find the style that fits their guys. And the last couple of years, it just so happens to be this more, not even a running gun per se, because they can take the shot clock down when they need to. But the freedom and just with their players, and it it, it is different, like you've said. And I think it definitely best suits them. Okay, and to go back again as well, as we lead into this matchup that we heard earlier today, Pomona Pitzer, am I am I pronouncing that correctly? I believe I am. Yeah, that's how I would say it. And I'll just say this: I mean, Eagles have got to like this matchup, all things considered. You, I mean, they you love they it. Could've, they could. I do like it. They no, I got too. stuck with one of the better teams in the region. I mean, we thought they were going to Oshkosh. Well, so and I I don't know if you saw my text earlier when I started to look at some projections. They essentially why it ended up being the number one overall seed, as many people predicted. I thought that yesterday, being a dummy after the game and just you know reading through the regional stuff, it's not that simple. And if they were listed as that, it kind of would have been a little disrespect. But to be fair, like you said, we've seen it before for the UMAC. So I guess you couldn't have been shocked. You're right. It could have been worse. Okay? Long story short. What I want to ask you, Wyatt, nothing against it all. Your brother's team his senior year. You remember... March of 2017, they go to Whitewater. They're leading for a lot of that game. You know, game. Ryan, I do, but I don't. I wasn't there. I didn't you've get the opportunity to be there. Me. I yes. had a high school game that night, so sure enough, all my family's there. I'm just playing some high school game in <laughs> Irondale my senior year. Nobody there to watch me play. Wow. And then I, I'm like finding out on the bus ride back from the game what's going on in Whitewater. I'm getting like a play-by-play. Wait, and you, and you turned on the remnant. And you heard Mark Myers and myself. Oh, you could have. Oh, my goodness. Mark Myers had that call? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, no, I didn't because at the time I didn't even really know what the remnant was. But uh, uh, Well, that's unfortunate. But anyway, I thought you were going to say, so you know, it was unfortunate because at Irondale that night I dropped my career high 27 and none of the fans. 
him was there to see No, it. I will say I played against, uh, what is it, Seth Sutherland now, who's with the Sean Gophers. Sutherland. Sean. Yeah. I'll say he was very underwhelming back then. I still think he's underwhelming now, but that's Whoa. that's just the sake <laughs> of where the Gophers are. But anyways, what what was your point with all this? Because I do so, remember it, but partly I don't. But what yeah. is it about that game that you no, want to get to? I didn't get there yet. I was going to say they were there were big guns on that team. Cody Springer was unbelievable that night. You had yep. the big buckets from Marion down low, Gisler and your brother doing their thing, and it was a balanced attack. But I think they were top-heavy. I think they were a little deeper in 2019. I mentioned Noah off the bench. Brady Belfi had a huge game. What I'm leading to, though, is this season. And I'm just going back to the last two because I was in the gym for both of those games. I think this Eagles team is deeper than those last two. I think they're better on the glass. I think they're longer defensively, maybe. I'd have to, I, th- that's not for sure. Just overall, though, depth, I would say, as an Eagle supporter, you have to be feeling real good going into the tournament because we saw it yesterday, White. I mentioned the foul trouble, the underclassmen stepping up, the freshmen. You tell me all these freshmen, you're like, Ryan, throughout the year, you're like, they're just names to me, Ryan. They don't mean anything to me. You got to see well, the juice loose yesterday inside of the Erickson Center. Off the bench, He's massive in the first half in the place of Fonbele. He had a couple plays at the 10 where he's denying Carroll from scoring. He's switching across the perimeter, staying in front of guys. I know it doesn't all show up in the box score. I already talked about Hoyleen. I already talked about Pasternich. You're shaking your head, so I'll give it over to you. If you want to back up your brother's squad, please feel free to do so. Hey, Porter, look, no, please no. do I not just hear say, me saying this that is, that wasn't a great team. This is nothing against Kohler either. I don't think he had that big of an impact like you think he did. I mean, he was good in the minutes that he played, but to to uh, he did not play a major role in that game yesterday. No, but for for the time of the game that it was, it was major in a sense that he was Crown good. had a chance I, to come back in the game. I get it. He was good. He he was good. I think you're hyping it up a little bit too much though. No. Right. Just my opinion. Okay. As far as your comparison, Yes, I would agree. Depth-wise, this team is maybe a little bit deeper. But even with how good a guy like Cody Springer was, Will Gisler, like they don't have those guys this year. And I would rather have five really good starters like that that are elite oh, oh, versus versus oh. the depth. This is this is fun. You know, we should we should widen this. 2017 versus 2022 Northwestern. This this is a good Well, here's the deal and I'll go back to it, Ryan. The 2017 team never lost by 23 on their home court in their Yeah, AMG. that that's fair. But now granted that but, team also didn't have one of their best players injured and not yeah. playing in the game. So you can well, go back and forth Kyle all you played. Want. Again, Kyle played in that game. He didn't come out, but he was not right. Yes. Well, I was going to say, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh so basically what you're saying is you feel better about this team's chance to not only pull off an upset, but make a deep run. Well, yeah, and I, I also play into it why what you said earlier about loving the draw. I don't know the last time, and I shouldn't read too deeply into this because I don't even understand all the logic for seeding and everything in Division Three, and i got to learn more about it. The Eagles aren't even playing the host team. And I guess, Which... you know, to go back in 15... That didn't happen I was when you were say, at St. Norbert's and you played St. That's, Thomas. Was that technically was, a two but, three? No, I was going to say that. That being the case, that was a case where they didn't play the host team, but they were still the number one team in that region. St. Thomas, Thomas women's woman, team. There you go. Okay. Was hosting, so okay. technically it was still a one four, which just had a different location. Okay. So yeah, I think this may be the first time that I can think of 
where but again i would go back was st john's the year northwestern beat them the yes. number one because oshkosh won the national they won Here's the, the freaking national championship and were the best team i've ever seen at that level how were, were they not better than st john's they were still the number one and when we saw them two play back-to-back nights yes you could make that argument i don't know what oshkosh was in the country i know st john's was seven was oshkosh five or six or four maybe i think they were in front there's of some people listening I think to the pod something... shouting right now and saying these guys are idiots oshkosh was five i don't know I don't know. If somebody is actually doing that, I would love to have a conversation with them because well, they clearly love UMAC and Division Three basketball as much as we do, and I didn't think there was that many people that did. But uh, well, I think Oshkosh yeah. was ranked higher, though, okay. to, to, to your point. So I think this maybe is the second time it's happened. Okay. Well, and, and that, that year was the same thing, where Oshkosh's women were great, too. Here's, yes. here's the thing to draw back to the past two wide, okay? I don't know if, if you've connected these dots. You remember in 2015, after they beat St. Thomas, who was up next for your brother's club? Yeah, I figured you'd probably pull this in. It was Elmer's. Who could the Eagles play on Saturday if they win Friday? Man, I tell you, it's all the stars are aligning. <laughs> I'm Here just we saying, go. it's pretty unique. It's pretty unique. It is. It is. And is what, Elmer's... Did, what did Noah say after the game yesterday? Where does he want to go? Uh, I haven't. I Sorry. I mean, I support you, man. No, I didn't no, listen fine. to the interview, though. So. He said Sweet 16 straight up. And he told me that last year, and he said it the year before, too. The guy's not shy when he talks about the big dance where he thinks we should be a second weekend team. So why not just uh, – here's the deal. If you can get to the second weekend – Anything can happen. You can, you can take it a little bit farther, potentially. One game at a time. One game at one a time. Game at a time. And this first one is very favorable, in my opinion, all things considered from where we thought they could end up. And just looking at Pomona Pitzer, and I know you said there was one similarity with their schedule and our schedule. Common opponent, yeah. And what does that tell you, Ryan? The Kinsmen. I mean, of Cal Lutheran. So Pomona Pitzer played them three times this season. They most recently played against them Friday night in the SIAC conference tournament in the semis okay they won that game 90 to 83 against cal lutheran okay a very valiant opponent they shot unbelievable from deep okay so the eagles are going to have to defend the three they shoot it well pomona pits are friday night 68 percent from deep 49 percent from the field so cal lutheran i guess has something in common they could not slow down northwestern or pomona pitzer because earlier this season wyatt in the eagles matchup against cal lutheran 52% from the field and 46% for deep. Again, they aren't playing Cal Lutheran, but Cal Lutheran was right next to Pomona Pitzer Friday night. Okay, that's the common opponent that we got. We could go up and down the board. You and I talked before the pod. They have some good size. They have some underclassmen. They have some experience as well. We're not acting like this is a cakewalk. But all you ever ask for, White, in these matchups in the NCAA tournament is what we talked about. A path to victory. Give yourselves a matchup to pull the upset. And I'm using the air quotes here, Wyatt. It doesn't feel nearly as insurmountable as it did not so long ago. No. And I'm not saying those Eagles teams didn't believe, but especially when it's the same coach and Coach Gross where he's done it before multiple times. There's guys on this team who have seen it. Your seniors, like we talked about, Wally and Alm are going to be telling all their teammates this week, guys, like we're going into this gym to win. We've seen it before. It's possible. We know how good we are. Let me just say this, hey. I would be surprised. If they lose, obviously it could happen. I would be pretty surprised 
if the Eagles lose by double digits Friday afternoon, which that's a whole nother discussion for why this game is being played just outside of Chicago at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. I don't understand that. Somebody's got to explain that to me, but anyway. I can't explain it to you. I apologize, but uh, I can I can tell you this much. I would be surprised as well if they lost by double digits. To be honest, I'd be a little surprised. Not surprised is the wrong word. I expect them to win this game. I can guarantee you. Pomona Pitzer saw their draw, and they're thinking that's not the draw we wanted. Yeah. There's a different perspective well, the on UMAC these days. They got to go to and Chicago. That's, the other that's a long they're, travel. They're out west, yeah. and they get stuck in the Midwest. I mean, yep. seriously, they're thinking, how do we get stuck in the Midwest playing against a team like Northwestern who's been known for pulling these kinds of games off in, in recent years? I think it's a good matchup. I think they got a good chance to pull it off. And, I mean, now, the second game, that's a whole nother story. But, again, just deal with the task at hand. Yep. Get that one done first. And, yes, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind they're going into this game expecting to win and thinking they can win. There's no reason they shouldn't. So that's not a concern at all for me. And I, I really do believe and anticipate that they will win this game so i had the question of defending the three obviously the other question i have for northwestern what if the same thing that happened yesterday happens on friday where two of your big guns in the starting five get in early foul trouble it's different to come in with those guys off the bench and hold your own and i'm not saying they can't do it against pomona pitzer but if they're forced to show that depth big time and i know they're going to keep guys fresh and rotate but Wyatt, you've said it before and you're totally right in these type of games, you need your big guns to be really good. And Northwestern has depth. And I'm not saying these other guys can't perform, but you need your big guns on the floor and producing. If they have to go to the bench early, can they hold their own like they did yesterday on Friday against Pomona Pitzer in a totally different spot? Because they may be forced to, like I did the rundown before we started recording with some of the size Pomona Pitzer has. Coach Gross talked about it all season, how proud he's been, Wyatt, of not just the great defense in the lane, and that front four I always talk about, but defending without fouling. They're going to be preaching that, I can guarantee you, all week in practice coming into this game. Yeah, no. If they get in foul trouble, I I do find it very hard for them to have success. they got to have their guys on the court. The good news is, I would say going all the way to Hoyleen, those top six... I mean, you could put any combination of five on the floor and you're going to be deadly. And especially defensively, it's, it's, all, all those guys can switch across the perimeter. They can handle multiple yes, guys on the opposition. It's the, it's the other guys, though, the the guys like Andrew Kohler and then Micah Posternich, who's not a freshman, but again, yep. doesn't necessarily play significant minutes. It's those two guys specifically I look at and say, when they get put into that spot, how are they going to respond? Yep. And that's that's a good point. Can they deliver? And that's where I would have a few questions. But I don't think Northwestern's going to get into foul trouble in this game. And I'm kind of banking on it, I guess, in a sense. Because if they do, I think they're going to be in trouble. But if they can keep those six guys on the floor and rotate them in and out, to be honest, once you get into the second half, if it's a close game, I'd be very shocked if we saw much of Kohler or Posternich in this game. Oh, I would yeah. just expect to roll with those six, quite honestly. Yes, and yep. I, I feel good about it, though, if I'm an Eagle fan. I, I really do. With what you saw on Sunday especially and just knowing with past history, that absolutely plays a role with this. It's like Syracuse almost. It's like nobody wants to draw Syracuse in the NCAA tournament based off of what they've done in the past. Well, but here's the deal, Wyatt. We would never play the defense Syracuse plays, okay? Coach Gross is a Tony Bennett guy. Pack line, all right? We're not throwing out that deep and wide zone. 
Okay, I know that's not what you're saying. I understand. I got the analogy. I get it. Okay, here's here's my final question for you. We say all these times in the upsets, the three balls, the equalizer. The Eagles can obviously shoot it from deep. We know Pomona Pitzer can do the same as well, and they're going to have to defend that. Do you think this is another instance, though, like we've seen in the past when the Eagles do pull an upset or have a close call like they did against Whitewater, where they got to score 80, 85-plus, maybe even 90 to win the game? And we've seen the Eagles do it in the UMAC tournament and down the stretch. They can obviously do it. We've seen it recently, but do you think they need that Friday? They'll probably need 80. Okay. I, I don't dare say they need more than that just because you never know what you're going to get from teams in the NCAA tournament. Just weird stuff happens. But I would say to feel comfortable or good about your chances, you are going to want to score 80 in this kind of a game. And, I mean, to be fair, I keep mentioning that Friday night game. Pomona Pitzer dropped a lot yesterday in their win in the championship. They only shot well, 27% and from deep. So. They, they've had trouble in the past defending against good offensive teams, too. So that's where you think they are going to have to have an offensive performance. for the, Not for the ages, but they have to be efficient. If they do what they did against Crown on Sunday, I keep wanting to say Saturday, but it was Sunday. Then they can they're be the second weekend team. Yeah. They will put themselves in a good position <laughs> yes. to win that first game and then potentially, yeah, go if even farther. So You shoot 65% and you're that number for most of the game, you're going to beat a lot of teams across the country, even in March. You're going to do that. Should be interesting to see how it plays out, but I'm looking forward to watching it. Are you making sure. a, an official prediction? I, I think Northwestern's going to win. Remember, I don't do the score predictions. No, but, but just uh, saying I, they're going to win. I do. Yeah. I do have the Eagles winning this game, yes. I I lost the mascot name. I was gonna say beat the beat the uh, so and sos, and I I can't. Sage horns. I think it's sage hens, isn't it? Oh, is it the hens? <laughs> I don't know what a sage hen is even, but I think it's the sage hens anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the mascot now. It's the sage. Hens. I I it's pit, it's pitiful honestly, is what it is. Go honestly, Eagles! You know what it looks like. It looks like an angry. It looks Donald like Duck. A Donald Duck. I was gonna <laughs> yes. say that's literally what it looks like. Like what? What are we doing here, Pomona? Like, hey, come if on. If there's some Eagle fans going down, and you got some Donald Duck costume, please figure that out. That would be, that would be awesome. But anyway, yeah, they're they're the like the least intimidating team and mascot <laughs> I've seen in this entire field. So I I think the Eagles are gonna be okay. Yeah. No, I, I'm going to go with Northwestern as well for all the reasons that we said, and I don't even feel like it's that much of a stretch. People could say we're homers. I don't either. Look at the past, okay? And you even said it yourself, Wyatt. I think Pomona Pitts are saying the same thing. Obviously, they're going to come in confident, but they're saying, you know what, we got screwed a little bit. The travel and the opponent and where we're playing on Friday. Again, I don't know if you have a guess, Wyatt, for why. Because when this game's played at just after 3 o'clock, 3.10, the host Elmhurst is tipping off before six if the game's on time. Why wouldn't you want your region host to be? Why, why wouldn't you want him playing at seven thirty? I I don't. There's probably some deeper reason I don't know, but I just, I don't I don't get it. Why are we playing at three o'clock in the afternoon? Ryan Ryan, I I don't have the answers for you, man. Because you look across the I'm bracket, there's games at noon on Friday, Wyatt. Your beloved Johns Hopkins Blue Jays club is playing at noon. Okay. They're in it, huh? Yeah. They made it. Good for them. Good for them, you know. <laughs> Love Johns Hopkins. Yeah. Hey, you know what, Ryan? We need more standalone games. So if these games are standalone games, then I'm all for it. Well, you and I got day jobs, though. I'll, I will. I can guarantee you well, I'm, to be I'll honest, find a way. I'm, I'm probably. Be... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I probably won't be able to tune in anyways. I'm sure I got a game to work that day. but. Well, I will find a way. Guaranteed. I'll show up early in the office and be able to watch that game. But still, it for 
yes, I won't go any longer on that. It's just bizarre. I don't get it. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to make any more grand staging picks, but after the, I mean, if Northwestern wins by double digits, 15, 20, I mean, do we got to hop on and do a preview of Saturday's game? I don't know. <laughs> now you're giving me a we'll, look like, we'll, why, we'll have to, why'd you say that? <laughs> we'll have to see. I'll say that. Let's just deal with this one one game at a time, Yes, Ryan. stay tuned. I agree. Let's let's tease it forward. But I think they, they got to be confident about their chances, clearly. And just a quick plug for any of those who are still listening at this point in the pod, we do appreciate it. But, hey, we're just yabbing on and on and on. If you want to hear what Owen Borma, who's going to be in the starting five, on Friday in that matchup, if you want to hear what he had to say about this one and plenty of other things and what it's like being a dual-sport athlete and how busy he is this time of year, I mean – we loved our conversation with him, Wyatt. That's going to be uh, dropping later on Wednesday. So uh, you can look forward to that and actually hear from someone who knows more than Wyatt and I just, you know, going on and on and on about this game. <laughs> Not, nothing to add. I I would agree with that. Yeah. Anything else before we wrap this thing up? I mean, I don't know if you saw, we, we had the selections for UMAC women's first team maybe the next time on the pod we can break it down on both sides of things we were pretty close I mean we missed one in the first team but we can maybe break them down when the men's is released as well and go from there in the next pod but yeah I mean not a whole lot of surprises to be completely honest I mean we thought Urbina or Latsky was gonna I I was that other yeah outside of that though I mean we had the other four and yep. I mean coach of the year we knew it was between two two coaches and surprised. they just happened to give it to coach Jones so I'm sorry I was I was surprised I, I think coach Cole deserved it we already talked about that before but yeah I think he deserved it I'll leave it there we talked about it plenty last time but good for coach Jones he's a he's a great coach as well so all right you're giving me the look like let's wrap this thing up we got bigger I'm fish good. to fry all right I'm good Ryan you want to wrap you want me to wrap uh I I would just say in closing and then you can say some final thoughts as well thanks to everyone for the support all season long. I mean, I know it's not technically over, but this will be one of the last ones we actually do yes. uh, this year for, for basketball. So it's like, it really did go by quick. I mean, I remember Ryan, when we were talking about this, what, six, seven months ago saying we should, we should do this or consider this. And now here we are. So it's been a lot of fun. We appreciate the support and uh, hopefully people got some enjoyment out of it along the way. But other than that, I mean, you know where to find us on Twitter. I've said it every single time. It's in the description of this podcast down below. It's, uh, I mean, we have our email and we have all our contact information on there. We have plenty of other ones. If you haven't been able to listen to, you can listen back. Plenty of great interviews with coaches, players, things along the lines of that. So if you've missed any of it, always feel free to check that stuff out. But other than that, Ryan, I'll just kind of turn it over to you. Yeah, it's time to dance. I mean, when we're recording this right now, we are literally counting down a few hours away from March, best time of the year. February is the creme de la creme, though, as I've said for the UMAC, and it did just about live up to the hype. Maybe not all the way, but hey, it was pretty good. We cannot complain. Thank you for hanging on for this lawn episode. More content to come, as Wyatt mentioned. We will catch you next time on Unlike Any Other, the UMAC.